0: Raising a glass to the new year, just two months late, welcome to Hamda. Boys and girls, it's episode... Um, <laughs> crumbs. what episode is it's it? It's an episode. 247. 247, thank you. Well, remember, Andres, of the internet's finest, um, certainly oldest, and probably still only Argentine um, football podcast, or English-language Argentine football podcast, to be more correct and pedantic. Uh, I'm Sam Kelly, the very correct and pedantic host, and I'm joined this week by... Two wonderful voices, one of which you've just heard is Andres Bruckner. Hello, thank you for that. Welcome back Andres. Thank you. And uh, the other of which you also just heard a second ago, English Dan is back with us.
1: Hello and welcome back to Handapod after four, five, six months uh, without football. We're all at the end of our respective tethers I think.
0: We are indeed. It's actually only been two and a bit but it feels much longer. If you are a newcomer to Argentine football, if this is the first time you've listened to us and the first time that you've paid any attention to it, and you think that you already know a thing or two about organisational disorganisation, um, then strap in, because you might be in for a bit of a shock. Um, We still... (laughs) We're recording on Wednesday evening. I suspect this will still be true whenever this podcast goes online on Thursday. Um, Do not know... Are absolute certain whether there is going to be football in Argentina this coming weekend what were we saying about
1: a 70% yes I mean they've drawn the referees they look like it's all going ahead have,
0: have they received the payment from the government yet because as of a couple of hours ago they have I don't think they have now. Um, so we're going to try and keep you up to date with that during the course of the podcast and in the meantime we will tell you why this what is the so hell's going on? What 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 payment from the government we're talking about and all the rest of it um, so football. Let, let's start from the very beginning. The football was supposed to restart uh, on the second weekend of February. So that would have been the weekend of the twelfth, um, and it didn't. There's no money. Clubs can't pay players. Clubs can't pay the debts to AFA. AFA can't pay the debts pay to, the pay the clubs. Their debt to, to certain. Yeah, to certain other clubs. Hmm. Um, the t- television rights still aren't sorted out for mm. beyond these next six months. The television rights weren't sorted out for these next six months and might still not be sorted out for these next six months, technically speaking, um, until this government payment mm. uh, goes through. Well, technically there were,
1: or at least they should have been, if you don't mind me explaining a little bit of the background right, of this yeah, to the, our the readers. The payment
0: is one that was made late for the last couple of months of last year or something, right? Not
1: exactly. The payment, as I understand it, is compensation to the clubs for the last instalment of the money for football baratos? Because mm-hmm. football baratos, awesome. as uh, medium to long-term listeners will know, uh, was the the program of football, when the government put the funds in and made sure um, all the games came out on on public television, free to air, that all that jazz, uh, and our president Macri after promising in the campaign that he would maintain it, decided he didn't want to maintain it, and so um, made every effort to cancel Football Validós and pull the government out of it uh, six months early, because the contract is actually up in June 2017. Yeah, He did this
0: sort Although of bilaterally,
1: absolutely. but with yeah. you know a lot of clubs with a gun to their head, basically, and the AFA with a gun to its head, and the government then didn't want to stump up the money owed for that last six months or for Barbaratos which mm-hmm. is normal practice I'm guessing if you breach a contract so I can see the affair and the club side in this
2: but this um, money this money that the government uh, still has not paid mm-hmm. to the clubs that will be the salary for the, the wages uh, of the players say it's also been slashed uh,
1: significantly from the original I think it was I can't remember if Andres has the exact figure in his head that would be better but it was something from s- 500 to 350, somewhere, and, and somewhere um, along those lines. 350
0: million pesos is yeah. The, yeah. But the original the was they're what? waiting for right now, today. And the original was about 500, 600, I think. Something like yeah. that, yeah. And then there's another 40 million um, from Axion Energy, who are the title sponsors of yeah. the current season. Uh, which I believe going straight hasn't into been programming been, yeah, and, yeah, and And which hasn't logistics. been paid in yet, and which nobody's quite sure when or where it's going to be paid mm-hmm. in or how. Or how. Um, but I actually was sorry to interrupt Andres, but I was speaking earlier today at midday with um, Fernando Marín the former well the, until very recently um, former uh, director of Football Parathodos the reason he's former director of Football Paradodos is that Football Parathodos of course no longer exists um, and he was at pains to point out um, first of all that, as Dan says, it was a bilateral agreement. That the clubs in the mm. middle of last year were actually the ones who came to the government saying we want to um, to do this deal to rescind the contract. So of it course were, of, Everyone just wants to get, you know indeed. give up free money. Yeah. And and of course, I mean, the, the other thing wasn't they they wanted to to negotiate because uh, they knew that the government wanted out, so they wanted to start those negotiations so they could then start the new mm. negotiations for the new television rights, which we'll get onto a little later. Um, and uh, yeah the other thing that he was pointing out was that calling Football Paratolos free to air um, was never strictly accurate for about 85 80% of the Argentine population who get it from get their television from cable a lot of places the free to air channels which do exist in Argentina aren't even available unless you've got special equipment or a subscription Um, but of course it was still a much much better or much um, better priced if you happen to be a football fan Um, Package Than than what we might have In the second half Of of this year Which there are all sorts Of rumours about And which we will uh, Briefly go over Later on Although not right now For now I
1: believe The games are going to Continue as they were In 2016 Right Uh, Not many In Telepublica Which is The free-to-air State television channel Which is available In all the country But in the kind of Semi-free-to-air If you
0: like Yeah The channels like America And DFA and uh, the other one, and Tracy. Mm -hmm. Um, And one or two others, just talk over the lorry driving faster. And one or two others which, um, as as we say, are sort of on the basic package. Um, There are negotiations ongoing, or rather not ongoing at the moment, they're sort of on pause because the AFA don't want to open the envelopes yet for some reason. Um, It's very confusing. So at the moment we're in a situation where last Friday... Uh, having finally got the government to say yep, the payment will go through next week from the government's bank to the clubs individually, each one rather than going to the AFA first which is something that some organisations including the Players Union Futbolistas Agremiados Argentinos are not happy with Um, but it's going to be paid out to the clubs individually with discounts from the amount paid if the club owe the AFA money or the government money, which means that some clubs aren't going to get any money after all, which means they're still not going to be able to pay their players, which is why Fútbolistas Agremiados have called a strike. Mm -hmm. Um, But last Friday, in spite of the fact that Fútbolistas Agremiados um, at around, if I remember rightly, three or four in the afternoon, um, put out a press release and, and an open letter saying that they were going to call this strike. The AFA went ahead that evening anyway, and in their assembly they confirmed kickoff times, as Dan mm-hmm. says, referees and, and dates.
1: Referees was, was, was today. i oh, sorry, referees was yeah.
0: today, yeah, you're quite right. Kickoff times and dates mm-hmm. um, for the 15th round of the 2016-17 championship. Mm-hmm. Um, Sergio Maggi, who is the president of Futbolistas Agremianos, um has been uh, quite angry about this and and they they issued another statement shortly afterwards and it didn't get responded to until today because we had a four day weekend in Argentina. For which reason also, that's why the payment was only going to go through today from the government because there was a four day weekend, the banks weren't open Um, and so that's why we end up in a situation where there's a 350 million peso payment which is um, in more serious money um, roughly, oh bloody hell how much is it, 350 million Twenty divided by ten is thirty five. Twenty million so dollars. So ba- about about yeah. seventeen and a half million pounds or yeah, something like 20, twenty, twenty one, or twenty two million dollars. Um, and that's why the, the whole season, or not the whole season, but at least whether it goes ahead this weekend or not, is, is hanging on that payment going through in time and yet the payment's only being made forty eight hours before hopefully it's being made forty eight hours before the football kicks so off. The
2: more the most complicated things in terms of uh, wages uh, payment because mm-hmm. they haven't been paying their wages to mm-hmm. players are uh, Newells, Banfield and Kilmes
1: yeah. I, I mean Banfield have already <coughs> lost Arbitre probably their in. star player Ervito, Ar- who went to Independiente on a free transfer because yeah. mm-hmm. Independiente said in the courts they'd take care of his uh, back salary or, and yeah he was allowed to leave uh, for a charge Indeed. so this is you know this is all sounds a lot very boring legal stuff lots of numbers but it does affect clubs on the pitch as well
0: and also, when you consider, I mean, it's not just obviously we're, uh, by and large, focusing solely on on the Primera. I'm mm. uh, ah, the senses. It's, it's lot there lot worse. are a hell of a lot yeah. of clubs across the country where players, and and in in cases where you know, even even though to European and even North American um, audiences, the amount that Argentine footballers, especially in the mm. lower divisions, get paid doesn't sound like much. But there'll be there are players down there whose families are relying on. On their wages. Okay. Um, and according to Futbolistas Agremiados, um, according to the statement that they released yesterday, I think it was, or it might have been the one on Friday, I can't remember, I've been reading too many of them. Mm-hmm. Um, as of last Friday, none of the clubs in the Primera, even, so you would think the ones who are going to be, you know, relatively speaking, financially stable, not one of them uh, had paid their players their wages for January. Yeah, not February, yeah. January, nearly a month later. Um, and that includes, you know, uh, well, if, if what Footballist does a Grammy, I'll say is correct, if, if none of those clubs had done, that mm-hmm. includes some of the, the more better off financially ones like River, mm-hmm. Boca, who who are not in such dire straits, um, mm-hmm. but are still struggling to make, make payments keep up. Um, one thing that I was fa- fairly recently found out is that at River, and also to a lesser extent at Belis, but River are a good example because they have such a big sort of social side of the club so as well as football, you have loads more other um, sports to do if you're a river member, you can go along and take part in them as well. Um, and the, you've got 52 sports in total available at river if you're a member. and 51 of those sports um, are basically subsidized entirely. They're, they're entirely reliant on the money that the premier that, that the professional uh, football division brings in. The only one of the sports that, that actually supports itself at river is tennis. For some reason, um, so you've got this whole sort of thing where it, it, you then, it then goes beyond the football and it goes into you know River mm. have around 500 employees. Yeah. How on earth do you pay all of them when you can't even pay some of the guys who are you know bringing that mm. money in um, the the first team football side? Oh, definitely, uh, and, and as you it's mentioned, a problem for River it's a big yeah. problem for say, Velez as well. They've got a massive social commitment, and then yeah. you've got teams who maybe. Know, big sides, with, with where the social side is, is perhaps a little bit smaller, but you know, Racing and Independiente or Boca mm-hmm. where it's, it's it's significantly smaller, yeah. but they're still struggling to keep up. Mm-hmm. And then you've got clubs who don't even have any money to begin with, like, I don't know, to pluck numbers of uh, names at random rather than anything that we've read about particularly, but you know, clubs like All Boys, Defensive Euthicia, mm-hmm. and then it's the Interior mm-hmm. and so on.
2: R- River has increased uh, by March. The membership uh, value, the, the, the amount of money that the members have to pay uh, to members uh, to thirty dollars, which means an 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 per month per month yes. Uh, but uh, anyway, any, there is no club of course that could uh, exist with no payment from from mm. TV. Um, and uh, I think, and of course, this is something that has to do more with politics than football. Mm. But I I believe that uh, as they are doing with a lot of things in other areas, the government. Uh, is doing this of not paying or or, or, or delaying the payments mm. uh, intentionally in order for the clubs to say we can't uh, uh, exist or we can't uh, uh, be like this and, mm. and to make them uh, a social um, uh, anonymous, societies anonymous, which means yeah private companies, uh, companies yeah, yeah private companies and and, and uh, that that is the mm. perhaps the, what the government wants to do with a lot of things. But what? Uh, that's an opinion, personal opinion yeah. I have. And, and yeah, it's a theory.
1: I mean, one of the guys Sam mentioned, Marin, has experience of that. He was uh, he was the private um, uh, executive, chief executive at Racing at the time when Racing went bust and. And had to be uh, had to be refounded. This was in
0: 1999, 98. 1990 one 1990 1990 yeah. They were declared bankrupt, and then yeah. 2000 was when, like you said,
1: Esteban SA took over. Yeah, no, yeah, 99, 2000. Um, and he's a hate figure, basically, in in for his for his administration. There, kind of uh, did everything you know a, an unscrupulous president tends to do, but with the advantage of everything being out of public knowledge, so he you know, set up shell companies to mm-hmm. funnel player transfers through first
2: it was Di Tomaso the president and, and Marin the vice no. president.
1: Marine first and then Di Tomaso. Di ah, Tomaso okay. was Marine's vice president. Ah okay. Yeah. From Blanqui Celeste. In Blanqui Celeste. SIR. Yeah. 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 And eventually Racing managed to get him out of um, of control. It went back into public hands. Now luckily Racing have um, a pretty decent president in Victor Blanco. Um uh, we definitely don't want to see Marin back, but he's shuffled kind of back onto the scene.
0: He, he would, of course, point out that. Um,
1: no, I'm sure. No, it wasn't. It wasn't it was his fault. You know, on their knees,
0: and he at least got the club back. To yeah, his, yeah, yeah. He put him inside
1: own Yeah, he bankrupted himself doing yeah. this. Yeah, shut <laughs> up.
0: But that's. But it's a very interesting conversation. The the the, the conversation about the the anonymous. The how do you try this? Is it public limited company? Limited company. Limited yes. company. Limited company. Um, in 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 Argentine football, mm. when all of the clubs, including of course Rassi again now, um, are owned by their members and mm. yeah. and, and so on.
1: Except Tashir right.
0: Oh, you might be right. Yeah,
1: I can't are owned yeah. by the by Pachuca, the Mexicans. Mm. Mm. Yes, and Magana has been Bergano has been in private hands. And the yeah. the one
2: who was in charge of the gerenciamiento.
1: Right but I'm not sure if they're still in it or if they come back out again I don't know it's mm. a, right. then there's a couple of other examples Ferro were in private hands and it went pretty badly for yes, him like
2: Mas-
0: Mascardi, uh, Mascardi the
2: former or I don't know he's still as an agent mm. yeah but anyway I so.
0: it's it's a live conversation and it's sort of linked to what we're discussing yes. um, in as much as another thing that has recently been approved by the AFA, and we'll get on to some of the things that have been approved and haven't But so this is the first one uh, is at last the Superliga those of you who were listening in the middle of last year and have good memories might remember that we mentioned this a few times and it wasn't really clear what it was going to be still isn't really clear it's what it's going to be yeah. <laughs> and a lot of fans are worried uh, that it might be the AFAs or the government's um, way of forcing uh, limited companies into Argentine football clubs um, this has been denied on on all sides, and it, indeed, it's not necessarily um, you know it, it's not sort of a um, a necessity of, of of the plan. I mean, the the Superliga itself could could exist perfectly well without the clubs having to go into private ownership. Um, but it's a it's a tricky one. So the Superliga has been confirmed as starting in the middle of the year it's hmm. been confirmed that it's going to consist of just the Primera División because for a while it seemed like it might be the top two flights that were going to be taken over um, and they have and when it comes to the AFA, whenever we say confirmed it always has to be in inverted commas by the way hmm. we also um, have confirmed by the AFA that uh, there are going to be four relegations and two promotions at the end of this year
1: this current season yeah.
0: At, uh, at, at the end of this year Right. At the end of 2017 in December. Because we're going to have another transitional championship.
1: Yay!
0: We will have transitional championships! <laughs> because there have been changes, ladies and gentlemen, to the Copa Libertadores, which Andres Ooh. and I discussed in one of the episodes towards the end of last year, if I remember rightly, because it was made in sort of November, December, it was announced. Um, but of course, when the Argentine Football Association agreed uh, that they didn't really like the year-round calendar that Julio Grandana had forced on them from beyond the grave and wanted to go back to a more European calendar of August to May, when that decision was taken, and they therefore had the 2016 Torneo de Transición, which was won by Lanús, um, in order to line the calendar up again with the European one, that was before anybody had a clue that the Libertadores was going to switch to a year-round calendar. And now, perfectly sensibly, now that the Libertadores has switched to a year-round calendar... Which is a decision that I like um, as, as we discussed when it happened When it was announced mm-hmm. um, Now that it has happened The Argentine Football Association have decided And as I say sensibly in my opinion That they would rather have the league tying up properly With the Libertadores So that you've not got a whole mess about qualification In the middle of one year for the competition That's going to end a year and a half later And so on um, And so that means we're in for another transitional championship At the end of this year That'll be the fun in three years It will Uh, So we'll have had 2014, 2016 and 2017 Um, uh, And at the end of that one what They they confirmed at the same time As the Superliga was voted in And a couple of other things Was there were going to be four relegations Two promotions So just to remind you as well We've got uh, four relegations To two promotions At the end of the current season as well so that would mean that we're going to be starting the transitional championship with 28 teams and then we will By be the end starting of the year we'll be
1: down to a poultry 26 Indeed, yeah, ne- this time the next year th- it'll be
0: 26 th- And then they'll do it uh, continually until they get down to They're still saying 22, I think it might go down to 20 in the long term But, but we'll see um, be Before
1: 2019 something then like that, yeah. we'll have 22
0: at least yeah. I, I think
2: these degrees this in terms of number of teams participating in the, in the first division has more to do with uh, uh, something that the, the private companies that should buy the, the rights for to broadcast the, the, the football mm. uh, have, have demanded that. This, of course, is not uh, serious to have 30 teams uh, in a, in a tournament, and they should
0: include uh, matches at 11 a.m. in the morning. So that, mm. which is one, yeah, that, yes. that's been talked about mm. by the more than I think by fox and the SPN who are yes the, so
2: know. so that the, the the matches are not uh, one uh, <coughs> with the other uh, together uh, at the same time yeah and they lose of course uh, audience or what well, people watching the, the matches hmm.
0: we're in for some changes um, yes and rest is very neatly segued there into the discussion about the television rights so let's move on to that now <laughs> we we decided before recording that this is basically like a whole a sort of big bowl of spaghetti bolognese and the best way to untangle it is just to get our hands in and start pulling and see what we get Um, so TV rights there were four companies mentioned at one point or another Mm. in the TV rights there are three who have finally tendered their bids Um, the, the two who were always expected to were ESPN who of course every right thinking person hopes get the rights and internationally as well please because that might result in more work for those of us who work for them um and Fox slash Turner yes. who are I don't think they're on one by the other but they're, they're in partnership for mm-hmm. this um for the purpose of this after Turner of course failed to buy Telefe uh, last year Telefe ended up being bought by somebody else um So those are are, are two of the the bidders and then the other who turned out to be something of a surprise um, on bidding deadline day are Mediapro the Spanish company who own the TV rights for La Liga and I think the Spanish TV rights for one or two other leagues um, around the world as well and would be planning to I think buy the rights and then farm them out to a different um, different people for the rest of the world although they are talking about if they do win the rights um, of opening their own channel in Argentina rather than sort of subletting them to, to ESPN or Fox or TV or any of the others. Um, the model is going to change. If you've been enjoying watching Football Para Todos live YouTube streams all over the world during the Football Para Todos era, and if you've been enjoying just having to switch on a fairly basic VPN um, and get very similar quality streams for the last six months or so, I'm afraid... It's going to change um, very likely from the middle of this year onwards. It'll get a bit more complicated because everybody in Argentina is going to need to pay in some way. Well, everybody in Argentina was paying before, either paying taxes or paying for the cable. Um, but it's not going to be open and, and free to view on YouTube or anything like that. it um, is are which it doesn't make sense to go into.
2: I think the total amount for an Argentinian to be able to watch football because they have to pay, of course, the basic cable mm-hmm. service and then the, the streaming of the football should be 80 or $90, dollars, mm-hmm. more or less. Possibly. Although but it does, again, it depends on who
0: wins the rights and how much right. they decide to charge. Because one, for instance, um, one of the things that's been suggested is that if ESPN win the rights, then they will just put the... They'll, they'll open a new channel for Cablevision and Direct TV customers, which will be called ESPN Argentina. So they will then have five channels to play with, at least if for those of us who've got things like TV, where we've already got four ESPN channels on, um, and they will show all of the matches on that kind of basic cable package. Ooh. Another thing that's been mentioned is that they might show half of the matches, seven or eight of them each weekend, on the basic cable package and the other half on a pay-per-view thing. Fox appeared to want to show everything on pay-per-view, divided into two packages and make you pay for both mm. of them if you're going to... Um, do it, and so yeah, it, it's going to be a whole mess. It's also going to cause, I think, more than a few people to have to change their cable providers. I'm just thinking, mate, are people actually going to do it? We don't know. I don't know. I
2: mean,
1: I wouldn't. Let's be honest. Uh, the average Argentine football fan, how many games does he watch a week? Or she? His own club. Iran club, maybe out of push, Bokka and River alongside that. Or. Perhaps because they've
0: got family links or friends who support. Yeah, but I don't when, even is, that. when it's free to air. Yeah. And if they got on pay, pay, fifteen or yeah. thirty dollars a month for it on top of. No, what you it go I
1: down mean? the, you go down to a bar. You yeah. you have a beer and it costs you, what five dollars a month. Mm. I don't. I think that's going to be. I can't see much demand for this pay per view thing. One interesting. They've got to do it some some kind of basic cable setup.
0: One interesting thing that I found was that when uh, there was an, an interview on, I think it was Radio Lad Red a couple of weeks ago with one of the Fox Sports people who said that the one of the ideas that they'd had, one of the ideas they talked about was to have so two packages available on your television, right? So you have a choice um, or you can get them both and the packages would be, one package would be River Home Games and Boker Away Games plus some of the others and package B would be Boker Home Games and River Away Games plus some of the others. So if you support either Boker or River, in other words, if you fall into basically two thirds of the Argentine population and you want to watch all of your team's games you also have to pay for all of your big opponents games Family. and yeah, a bunch yeah, of yeah. others and it's a good way of getting everybody to uh, basically go well yeah I've got to go all in or it's a so good it's way it's to get everyone to just though. hold a middle finger up to indeed you. yeah I mean or maybe Boca and River both expand their stadiums to capacities of half a million people each and everybody goes well I've just paid for the package with my team's away games then but that, that of course is, is not very likely no. Um I don't know, I'm
1: sceptical about this whole thing I think it's going to be fudged in the end and almost all the games are going to be available on basic cable at least that's my prediction
0: I'm not putting my mystic down for a second Another rumour, roundly denied by Mr Marine when I spoke to him earlier um, is that um, the government would prefer Fox to win the rights because Fox's production partners... Clarín Torneos who are owned as Dan has just suggested um, by Clarín mm. who are um, the biggest media conglomerate in Argentina biggest newspaper in Argentina and are, a f- and I, wouldn't are actually say, I wouldn't say an indispensable ally of any president given that the last president did mm. perfectly well pissing them off for about seven or eight years but well, yes. well no maybe not they seven or eight but four or five certainly yes yeah. so the yeah.
2: government prefers Clarín to be together yeah. with them what's the point Sorry, I didn't have a
1: four billion peso loss against the AFA late still late in yes but,
0: uh, for having for taken the, away having their TV right the rights in two
1: thousand
0: and
2: nine when both Baradolos started. already owns rights for I think I don't know if Argentina national team or the uh, the rights for the uh, first division but uh, abroad no. I think it's national team, the national team. Well, the, I think it's the lower league, um, league.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's it's the it's the lower leagues and the. Uh, I think team. it's it's the World Cup qualifiers yeah. and the Libertadores lot, as well. Thing, shows, thing. shows all of them? Yeah,
1: and um, the Libertadores as well. I think they're all Torneo product. Uh,
0: yeah, but again, they're, they're on. I think Fox own the rights and they they have Torneos as their. Um, yeah. Uh, no, but I mean production
1: rights. And yeah, and exactly. Yeah. So, so Fox, Fox own
0: the broadcasting, broadcasting rights and they get Torneos to produce yeah. it. Yeah which would be a similar setup to what would be expected if the Primera goes to Fox. Yes. Fascinating, this, isn't it? I'm sure everybody's really glad that they decided to listen. <laughs> um, we've got anything about actual football to talk about? Well, we, we've got a couple, but uh, we'll, we'll do that in the second half because yeah. it's kind of less important uh, in a way. Although there is a bit of history in there as well. A, a bit of history has been made because uh, there has been some competitive football played in the meantime. Mm-hmm. Um, but what else are we forgetting about now with, with all of them messing about with AFA? Um, the Superliga has been been confirmed albeit very quietly compared with everything else that's been going on we've we've mentioned that already we've gone gone through the TV rights we've gone through the strike uh, being called by Grammy we'll have to see whether it actually happens or not of course we've gone through the payments just the trifling matter of Argentina possibly being suspended for a month from all FIFA activity you're quite right Yeah, because (laughs) you will remember if you're a regular listener uh, that back in November-December, before we bid you farewell... Actually, no, right before Christmas was the last episode, wasn't it? Of course it was. Um, we uh, you'll, you'll remember that, that the AFA currently had, in that, at that point, and still does have now, uh, in charge of it, a FIFA-imposed normalisation committee, um, after they had embarrassed themselves so spectacularly with the whole 38-38 um, vote from... Uh, um, a seventy-five person vote uh, when when they tried to hold the presidential elections. When was that? October twenty fifteen. This year yeah, and a half ago. Two thousand fifteen. Ah, okay, thank you. So not quite a year and a half ago. Um, so the normalization committee is still in in power. Former Belgrano, no, current Belgrano president. I don't know why he's allowed to hold both posts at once. Armando Perez um, is still the the president of that normalization committee, um, and. We have had, or AFA have had, I should say, um, several conversations and and drafts and so on of their new statutes held down, which is not written by AFA, it's written by FIFA. Um, FIFA sent the, the draft fairly recently. AFA were finally happy with all of it, apart from Article 87 of this draft, which stated that any prospective president of the AFA before being elected as president of the AFA, um, would be subject to, I mean, essentially like an audit from CONMEBOL to to make sure that they they had all of their cards in order.
1: What it we call due diligence? Yeah, yeah. thank
0: you. Yeah, due diligence test. Um, Because, of course, the president of the AFA is automatically a a, a CONMEBOL board member, is what I was going to say. AFA. Very different things. How dare you? Um, We'd like to stress that they're very different things. If, if, especially if um, any of their lawyers... I don't think the term are
1: mutually, mutually exclusive there, let's say. So.
0: Well, <laughs> you're saying that, not me. That, okay. that, that is not an official hand the pot opinion. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, so, we, we've had this situation where the A.F.F. have been sort of talking about it for a few days and then one of the other things that happened last Friday at this same assembly where they confirmed, in inverted commas, that the First Division will definitely, in inverted commas, be restarting on Friday this week. Mm. Um, they also voted to not have that clause in uh, Article 87. And just today, a couple of hours before we recorded, Conmebol and FIFA sent AFA a letter a communication um, saying, you know, that Article 87 isn't actually optional, boys. It's written into Conmebol's statutes as well, so you don't Which really I have think, a choice.
1: I think the problem was the AFA wanted to leave it in, but they rewrote it, saying they would do their own... You're quite due right, diligence yeah. under the auspices of Daniel Angelici's Justin Justice Inspection Unit or one of the other legal bodies that he controls. Daniel, uh, Bocca president.
0: being yes, thank you. Bocca's president yeah. and also, of course, um, a qualified lawyer, so he's, he's well. Vice president of the of yeah. the
2: Lawyers College or the Colegio de Abogados. So it's like yeah. an association of lawyers here in Argentina. Yeah. He's vice president of. Yeah, he's
1: like Macri, he's like President Macri's influencer in the courts, you know, mm. making sure the right judges get on the right cases, everything like
0: that, you know. He makes the wheels turn that's in the way courts. he wants
2: Tapia instead of Tinelli
0: yeah.
2: as, as president, for example.
0: Well, Tinelli apparently isn't bothered about being president now, he wants the Superliga. And um, we'll see how that works. Mm. But, um, so there's all of this going on, and is everybody happy with it?
1: No one's ever happy with anything, but... They might just come to an agreement because, otherwise, they might. Um,
0: but what would be the they are going to get
1: kicked out of international competition?
0: One of the most vocally um, against it uh, people of, of all of this sort of mess that we've we've just been mentioning is, is Lanús president Nicolas Russo, who the day after the three hundred and fifty million peso payment from the government was agreed and, and scheduled, which as we say we're still waiting for now, and it was supposed to go through today, and it's now. 8pm yeah, so it's the probably bank's closed the bank's closed five hours ago more or less um, but he, he was very um, uh, outspoken in, in, in saying that even this amount isn't going to be enough there are some clubs for whom it's nothing like enough and they've, they've scammed us out of a bunch of money he was saying because there should be 140 million pesos more than this because they've decided, oh, you know what, actually we already gave you this in a way <laughs> previously a few months ago when they hadn't mentioned anything about it at the time and all of this kind of stuff. Um, so it's a big mess. Andres, you were going to say something.
2: No, I, I don't know why the Argentinian directors or, or uh, the candidates are not happy with this audit. What's the problem, mm. uh, which is, what, what is, is, is there someone not clean? <laughs> or what is Perish the, the foot. Perish the foot.
0: I think that's that's inconceivable that that could be the reason. Yeah. Um, one w- One thing that really did surprise me was when they first sat down uh, to talk to ESPN and to Fox, uh, the directors at the AFA who were in that conversation apparently were really disappointed with the offers. I mean, and the mm. money that was being discussed was... It's Considering the quality of the product on offer, it's astronomical. Um, they have now opened the envelopes. Uh, so, the idea was that they had, they had sort of preparatory conversations with, with the main players, who, as I said earlier, there were four companies mentioned, or four consortiums men- consortia mentioned. So, Fox Turner, ESPN, Media Pro, who were the three who actually did the bidding, and Consor as well, who came out of nowhere about a week before the bid um, and said, Yeah, we'd like the rights. Consor and Media. Um uh, consultation company from mm. what I could gather from their website um, from the United States who specialize in uh, buying sort of rights to things and then selling them elsewhere. Mm. It was going to be their first attempt to do anything in the sporting world, but they've got some very big name clients. And on the deadline to submit the, the sealed envelope applications um, and, and, and bids for the rights, uh, Consort didn't actually send anything. They just sent a communication to the AFA saying, "You know, just so that you know, the offer we made you last week is still that, that that's that's valid. that's on the table," which sort of defeated the whole point of the way that the AFA were trying to do things, appearing to be transparent, possibly actually trying to be transparent. We don't know um, by having these sealed envelopes and see who's the best one, and 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 then afterwards beginning talks again. Um, which were opened? Was it Wednesday last week, Monday, or Friday? Two mm. weeks ago, Friday. No, they, they were opened before Friday last week. Oh, Friday or Thursday. Friday was when they decided. You know, yeah. before making the decision, we're going to. No, leave it, it, will,
2: week. it was going to be on Monday, and then it was uh, one day after. Ah, thank Tuesday. you. Right. So yeah. it, was, it
0: ended up being on yes. Tuesday. That's right. Um, and they've now decided that they're going to leave it for a week before um, making the decision there, which is another thing that has put in danger the, the beginning of the season this week. Because it means that everything is relying again on this 350 million peso payment yeah. from the government. Whereas, had they already made the decision as to who gets the rights, um, the whichever company gets them has had to promise that they will transfer 1,200 million pesos um, as an advance payment, basically as sort of good faith, uh, because that's how screwed the FR they've had to include this as a as a condition of getting the rights.
1: Oh yes, a giant leap of faith for the clubs because they have to start the tournament this week basically or end up going bankrupt because they're in big, big trouble without any football
0: Indeed. without yeah.
1: knowing what's going to come yeah. like, it, who's going to take the TV rights and the, what and the, and the this negotiation is, one thing, is
0: It's another thing that actually another of the people that I've been uh, talking to you, you might have guessed by this point that I've been writing an article on this uh, it's going to be on the independent website on whatever day the season actually ends up kicking off whether that's this Friday or next Friday or whatever well, three months <laughs> uh, indeed yeah hopefully it won't be that long um, but one of the people who, who I was talking to was, was a Primera footballer um, a, a first team regular for his club I won't say who it is um, and one of the things that he said was that on the one hand he kind of understands why why Agremiados have called this strike the players' strike um, he, he has teammates who haven't been paid in all of this time and all the rest of it and on the other hand when so many of the clubs rely so heavily on football taking mm. place to get some income, it's really it's a very fine line to play. I mean, one example that that I've read, and this is unrelated to to the person I was talking to, it, it doesn't involve either of his clubs, is that I think it's Banfield host Bocker this weekend, if I yes. remember rightly, and they have um, made a uh, sort of a, a, a complaint of sorts about this this insecure situation because. Mm. Aprevide the provincial security force has given the OK for 7,500 tickets to be sold to away fans for that match and that's going to mean a lot of money for Banfield so they want the football to take place this weekend because that in itself just selling those tickets is going to be is going to bring some much needed cash into their coffers in order for them to be able to pay players and yet the players union might be saying no we don't want you to play because we've not been paid so it's a very much a sort of catch 22 situation um Unless either of you have got anything to add at this stage, I think we shall go for a half-time break, and then we might try and talk about some actual football. What do you say? Yeah, why not? Brilliant. In that case, I shall refill glasses. Don't go away, dear listeners. Some. Very small amounts of actual proper competitive football because we're not going to mention the various friendlies, although some of those friendlies that have been played in the last few weeks, um, have been better than some of the friendlies normally are, partly because in order to keep up the sort of rhythm that they, they had obviously after pre season was all leading up to them beginning to play on the twelfth of February. Well, surely uh, we're gonna talk about have been treating it like a like competitive games in some cases. Surely so we're
1: then, gonna talk about the glorious Copa um, Helado Arcor the Racing one
0: <laughs> Tell us about that then Give us a, a flavour Of why we normally Try and completely ignore The Torneos de Verano On this uh, it, podcast
1: It was a bittersweet Victory for Racing Because it also came with A, a ligament injury For the great Lissandro Lopez Who avoided in the end uh, Snapping his cruciates So he'll be out for two months But it was a 4-3 win With two golazos From Gustavo Wall Against? Huracán Uh-huh you see it again. It was no, a classic, so. brilliant. It
0: was fantastic. <laughs> Why
1: asking the question? Ah, it was brilliant. The Copa, the Copa Helado Arcor. <laughs> uh, the ice, I
0: mean,
2: literally, Ice, literally ice cream cup. And uh, River mm-hmm. defeated the Independiente Riverdavia, the, the Mendoza de the Vino Toro Cup. Vino Toro. Yes. But <laughs> oh the, yeah, that was uh, the yeah. The Vino Cup. That one I actually brilliant. did watch because I went to um. But a River employee's uh,
0: house. That's the problem of not
2: of not being football official because official football because. These friendlies were te- uh, televised and, and mm. taken as official matches because uh, it was uh, all the, the desire of people to watch made these, yeah. these friendlies as, as yeah. the World Cups or tournaments. And then Boca went to uh, Mario Plata to
1: play a, a Nova Copa, I can't remember the name of that one, against Aldo Sivi.
0: Yep.
1: And the keeper, Axel Werner, nearly got crucified for his mistake in that.
0: What so nice.
1: this game, he just let one straight for his hands. Oh. And Boca lost three-one, and all of a sudden they were in crisis. And
2: there was something incredible that they w- they went to Mexico to play against Chivas, the Matias Almeida team, and they lost on penalties too. And they I I think or <laughs> I I don't know if I'm right, but uh, if they lost that they lost the match on penalties, they they weren't they wouldn't uh, get money for mm. the match only for the hotel and yeah. the and the travel. Uh, about right. And it was only broadcasted by YouTube. Mm. I'm paying, <laughs> paying the, 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 yeah. the, It's
0: it's been uh, a
1: tough uh, summer for Boca. We have to say they had um In and Jonathan Silva um, beating the shit out of each other on the training ground. They had drunks and Durian again. Oh,
0: you're quite right. Yeah, tell us about the um the and Silva incidents. Well, was, know, it was
1: quite interesting to be honest because Would you know training mean
0: funny,
1: in, yeah. yeah. Because usually, you know, you get fights in training ground, they're not really anything out of the ordinary, you know, late tackles, people get a bit annoyed. The good, the funny thing about this one was that Incerralde and Silva were playing on the same team in the training match. I hadn't realised that. <laughs> yeah. And I can't remember, I think Incerralde or Silva had a guy Incerralde for not marking someone or vice versa. And, they, yeah, they just started
2: say the was, crap out of each other. As I read, it was uh, Incerralde telling Silva... That not, don't go too yeah. too far. Uh, <laughs> don't go ahead. And Silva answered, but didn't you uh, hear that he told us to press yeah. higher? And then in Sorralde I don't know what he said. And yeah. that was that was the start of the very yeah, character punishing.
1: for a for a train, you know, a serene soul like in Sorralde to do to do these kind of things. In I must these, say, and
0: things.
2: they will be fine you know? they won't yeah. uh, get the what? Well, yeah, tamales, yeah, sorry.
0: There's been more training ground drama, because just this morning, D.C.S. squad were robbed at gunpoint. Um, at eight o'clock in the morning, Gonzalo Castellani, funnily enough, an ex-Boca player, um, was arriving, uh, just because we were talking about Boca just mm. a minute ago, a second ago, um, was arriving at training, and a, a, a bunch of uh, young gentlemen accosted him with a gun um, mm. and said, you're going to take us into the... the uh, training center, or, or we're going to use this on you. Um, and once they were inside, they, they took money, they took some personal belongings, and then they scuppered in Castellani's car, which was later recovered about two or three blocks away from La Bombonera. So
1: it's this valley. is basically a new Argentine invention: the the, the football entrada. Mm. It's pretty revolutionary. <laughs> uh, the entrada is like a, a mode of of robbery in in Argentina when they get you outside your house, park in your car. Make you go inside at gunpoint and then take we, everything
0: out. Before anybody gets terrified, in case there, are, I'm sure there is at least one person listening to this who is considering moving to Argentina. We're talking about very rich people being stopped outside their yeah. houses. It. No, it's, yeah, not, it's not something that we yeah. need to worry about. before. Uh, we don't have houses, basically. <laughs> this, this, this before Pity Martinez's car was burned. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh yes, of course, yeah, yeah. Uh, Gonzalo Martinez, the River Plate playmaker, had his car mm. torched to pieces outside his house one night. Just not to get his car inside the, 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 the garage. Mm-hmm. Uh, he yeah, apparently he'd had to go because his very young daughter needed something from the <coughs> pharmacy or something at like 2 in the morning, so he just left his car outside rather than mm-hmm. taking it into the garage mm-hmm. when he got back. And they still don't know who did it, did they? It might have been the River Barra who were threatening him a couple of days before for something, or it might have just been a random mm-hmm. arson attack. Mm-hmm. Uh, nobody's quite sure. Uh, he was not inside the car at the time, fortunately. Um, so there has... There's been some drama, and some of it has even taken place on the pitch in competitive matches mm-hmm. because two things that have already started um, competition well, actually, three there's been Copa Argentina, um, which started a week late as well because of unpaid wages, but has eventually started, although we're into the sort of first preliminary round at the moment, so it's not something that we're even we're paying any attention to, um, and two rather more important Copas the Sudamericana which is starting in fact is underway now it began on Tuesday night um, we're watching a game as we record or rather Andres and I are watching and Dan's got his back to the TV for the most part they're sort of watching over his shoulder um, in the first leg of that Deportivo and Suategui are destroying Huracan they were 3-0 up after about 25 minutes and they're still 3-0 up after 52 minutes a little later tonight Racing Dan's team play uh, Rio Negro Aguilas of Colombia um, this is the first qualifying round and the second legs of these ties will be played uh, the Answatigi versus Orocan and Arsenal de Sarandí's tie which is against someone I can't remember are going to be played the return legs on the 31st of May and the second leg of Racing versus uh, Rio Negro Aguilas is going to be played on the 1st of June plenty of time to
1: save up for a ticket then.
0: indeed I did not misspeak and you did not miss hear anything there is a three month gap between the first leg and the second leg of these qualifying rounds do not tweet in to ask why because we don't know um, because con basically one cup that has started properly and is actually underway in, in a serious way rather than oh let's play one game to get it out of the way and then just wait until whatever we feel like for the second leg uh, is the Copa Libertadores which this year praise B is moved to a year round format which means that we're not going to be cramming in loads and loads of matches and ridiculous amounts of travel all into six months so that clubs will actually be able to go for league titles and copper titles if they want to um, we have had the knock, uh, the knockout the the um, qualifying stages for that um, already in the last few weeks and interestingly I don't know whether this is just me but in a way I think that the, this expanded um format and and more time being given to it has resulted at least in in me paying a lot more attention to the qualifying rounds because you've actually got time to. like In previous years I found they were over before I realised it had really started because you've got one leg being played on Monday and then the second leg being played the Thursday or Friday the same week, which actually did happen with the first round this year as well. Um, Well,
1: for me, two teams have stood out so far. One Bolivian team and one Argentine team. Indeed.
0: Tell us about the Bolivian team. The Bolivian
1: team. team... are uh, the owners of the greatest name in all of football The strongest Steady
0: There's another La Paz team called Always Ready So I'm, I sometimes mm. wonder whether the strongest or even the best named team in La Paz But okay, we'll, we'll let you
1: Well, go. we always like it when the strongest play Always Ready In the silly Bolivian named derby But mm-hmm. that doesn't happen too, long, too often Because no, I think was, Always Ready a Always ready a a ready a second division at best yeah. But yeah. Uh, With the great Pablo Escobar Who had a blind um, Last week against Unión Española, a pretty tough uh, Chilean team, coached by Martin Palermo. At least they were before that game. And Escobar, very conveniently, because I'd just done a profile of him the day before, uh, got a hat trick and then and two assists, which is pretty much the perfect game. Out of ten, you'd have to give him an eleven, I think.
0: That was, that was, in, La Paz, that was in La Paz. That was yeah. in La Paz. Yeah. Although,
1: so, so they're into the group stages. They've done. They beat dif- no, Wanderers of Monte- Monte Montevideo 6-0 on aggregate and now they've done Union Española 6-1 that
0: was th- and, and, and <laughs> 1-1 in the was it 1-1 in the first level yeah. 0-1, yeah and one thing I found interesting with that sorry to jump over you Andres, was that last year in, in last year's Libertadores group stage mm-hmm. and this is something that the pod fans m- might actually have, uh, remember because of course the strongest were in Rivers group last year um, the strongest got their first Copa Libertadores away win or their first continental away win uh, in 40 years when they beat mm. São Paulo and they were the and first they... Bolivian
1: team to ever win in Brazil
0: oh, I didn't I didn't pick up on that but I did pick up on the fact that it was their first win within like a mile of sea level almost mm. literally in 40 years um, and the first leg of the of the away target is Montevideo Wanderers they won 2-0 mm-hmm. in Montevideo so they, 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 run a they run. picked up another one um, their form's astonishing mm-hmm. and then they drew the first leg yeah. against Union Española 1-1 or 0-0 no, they're looking um, good. They've got Escobar
1: at uh, 38, he's still going strong. They've got uh, Chumacero or Chumas Tiger as 6-9. He's a very tidy midfielder. Uh, Matias Alonso, the Uruguayan up front. They could go for a bit of a run. I look they could. I can't the remember they've got their group. They've got Independiente, I'll, Santa I'll Fe... I'll look up the groups in a minute.
2: We'll yeah. give you the full load on. Andres, um, Andresi, we about to yeah. say something. Yes, after this uh, defeat, 5-0 by Unión Española, uh, there were rumours, because Marcelo Gallardo went to Chile to watch some games, that he was looking for Pablo Galdames, uh, some, an under-20 uh, Chilean national team, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, am, I don't understand how uh, it was linked a player who whose team lost 5-0 to River, but, well, he yeah. could, could play anyway, it's not yeah. that uh, he's bad, but... Uh, it happens, it to was, me. even
1: Messi lost 6-1 in yes. in La Paz, <laughs> Uh, the other team I mentioned, uh, the Argentine Argentine team are the darlings of the Copa for their madcap antics mm-hmm. throughout the continent. Atlético Tucuman.
0: Conmeboling it right up. Conmeboling um, it right up. Yeah. This is, of course, Atlético Tucuman's first ever international uh, campaign, having qualified as a result of the expansion of the Libertadores, where the fifth placed Argentine side. Sorry about that. Where the fifth place Argentine side uh, from the 2016 Tornoneo de Transición um, ended up getting bumped in, and mm-hmm. the AFA decided that that was Atletico Tucumán on goal difference ahead of Independiente, which was an interesting choice to make given that those two teams didn't have to play each other because they were in separate groups. But still, it was the decision taken and it was the decision that's been stuck with. Um, Atletico Tucumán's uh, campaign began with a 2 2 draw. Mm-hmm. Um, at home yeah. to El Nacional of Ecuador, who are perhaps not the biggest name in Ecuadorian football, but are certainly a team with more continental pedigree than Atletico Tucumán are. Um, the before, military team. Pardon? The military team. Indeed, yes. The, traditionally, the military team in, in Ecuador. Um, before a an interesting second leg. In oh, it was
1: fantastic. The build up fantastic.
0: The build-up to the match, match seems like the yeah. match itself could only possibly be disappointing after after that build-up. And then it actually turned out to be a really good match as yeah. well. Um, one of you, tell us about it.
1: Um, essentially, Atletico Tucuman went into that game nine. they pretty much have to get a result. because uh, two, the two away goals. The two away goals so yeah, they weren't going to draw 3 Also, so it was and playing at
0: some altitude, of course, in Quito.
1: And playing at 3,000 metres of altitude, I believe mm. Quito is. So... As a lot of teams do, they sort of scheduled their arrival for about two hours before kickoff. so. Which uh, apparently
0: makes sense. I, I, I've yeah, yeah. About altitude training. Not you you either that, turn yeah. up two days before and give yourself time to acclimatise, or you fly in, do your thing, and then get straight out again exactly, before yeah. the sickness can take hold. Exactly, so the
1: idea was get in, get the goal, get out. The problem was their flight was delayed because I believe it was a charter that wasn't authorised to do internal flights in Ecuador afterwards just there was
0: bits
1: of paper. <laughs> no I think they just didn't have the authorization. Oh, like okay. it wasn't a registered company there oh. uh, then of course the conspiracy theories were flying afterwards as it was because a military team yeah, the military, so they did it on purpose so they didn't want to turn up so they had to wait about three hours more for um, for another plane I think a commercial plane half of their fans and half of their directors got left behind alongside their kit mm-hmm. in Quito as, no in Guayaquil. Mm-hmm in Washington as they went to Quito, and uh, they got to Quito Airport, I believe. Four
0: th- right on the kickoff time, wasn't it? About yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. And, and from, Fox Sports had a hilarious uh, yeah because uh, they countdown because the Commonwealth guidelines say that um, if the, t- the the team can get to the stadium, if they're not there for kickoff time, then they have to be there within forty-five minutes. Yeah or the game gets handed to the, the home te- well, to the team who are there as a walkover. Obviously, that's exactly. more likely to be the home team than the away team, but I suppose yeah. the way it's phrased, it could be the home team not turning up.
1: So at the airport, the Atlético Tucumán team, running through uh, baggage claim, all that kind of stuff, are greeted there by Luis Juez, a uh, uh politician and the ambassador to Ecuador, um, who was also negati- negotiating with... Um, with Alin Nacional and Comnerol while he was on the bus What was and the phrase
0: he used about the, the
1: well he was basically <laughs> the greatest moment of all this he's doing a telephone interview with Fox Sports on the bus they got a police convoy yeah. the well, they're going the the 10 kilometres which is what there, about there, there were 80
0: helicopter yeah. traffic pictures of, of the thing riding down the yeah. motorway and bus. he's screaming down the, down the phone
1: fuck the rules fuck the rules we're going to get there if they're not scared play us damn it it just goes straight through. I think in the end they turned up about 50 minutes late or 55 minutes, but El Nacional, because of this brilliant negotiator,
0: decided (laughs) to let them play. What what had happened apparently, as El Nacional's president after the game uh, also went on Fox Sports and said that uh, they were playing under protest and basically Conmebol had said, look, the rule book is... It, it, it is not designed for this kind of, where it's really out of the other team's hands that mm. they're getting here so late so we would very much like you to play the game yeah. um, and, and we're going to insist that it goes ahead so El Nacional played under protest um, Atletico Tocumán played mostly wearing uh, Argentina under 20 kids yeah. because of course Argentina's under 20s were in Ecuador and in Quito for the Sudamericano <laughs> Sub-20 which we will possibly mention in um, we very should recently, be, because that was the later. second part of Luis Cuesi's Fantastic yes. football week um, So fittingly Because Atletico Nacional Were the first team Ever To wear those colours um, On their shirt in, in Argentine football history Even before the national team Adopted the colours Of the Argentine Atletico Duas, Tucumán Atletico Tucumán adopted them um, And so they, they, they played I mean literally In the same shirts yeah. Because they had the, the under 20 teams Names and numbers On the back and stuff um, yeah, There was one guy from, I can't remember Who came in Apart from the goalkeeper yeah. Um, whose name I've just. Uh, Lucchetti, Cristiano yeah. Lucchetti, um, whose kit was already there because the directors who had flown to Quito well ahead of the match um, had had to take samples of the kit so mm. the referees can then, you know, it, it's the regulation. And then with, apparently, there were one or two outfield yeah. kits there as well, but not enough to dress the whole team. Um, so, Cristiano Lucchetti played in that Atletico Tucuman goalkeeping yeah. shirt, and the others all played in Argentina shirts. Yeah.
1: And they won 1 0 with a fantastic display at altitude. Yeah. They outplayed. El Nacional. They could have had four or five easily. Like. After, after everything, it, it really was yeah.
0: it, and it wasn't even like a, as you say, it wasn't a gutsy back to well to an extent in the second half. It kind of wasn't. once the they got the goal, half, yeah, they really yeah, took yeah. the game to them, and it was um, yeah. yeah. Um, so that was what happened in the first, well, in the second qualifying round. In fact, because yeah. the, uh, as an Argentine side, so it's good to come out into the second round. Let, and let then, me then say, then, sorry. Let cool. me say something that I read and
2: it is very, very true, which is that Argentina national team made possible two miracles which was Atletico Tucumán qualification and Argentina under 20 yes. national team uh, and in fact you're
0: quite right it happened a couple of days later so let's talk about before we go on to Atletico Tucumán's third round qualifying let's talk about the Sudamericana Sub-20 hmm. for the most part rather undignified uh, in terms of what Argentina expect from youth age tournaments hmm. and in terms of what they actually got but they qualified for the World Cup somehow
1: somehow because of Lautaro or because or because of this Fantastic youngster, Racing have got mm. Lautaro Martinez, who got, I think, the last four goals uh, uh, that Ar- Argentina managed in the entire tournament. He had five goals in the, in the whole championship, and four of them came against Colombia to win win that game, uh, against Brazil to get the draw that kept him alive, and then the two against Venezuela. Yeah, he came, um,
0: up, he came up big. The Chilean carnival is is consists of two groups of five teams, followed by a final group of six teams mm. and although there, there is a champion crowd um, the, what really matters basically is finishing in the top four of that final group because that's what gets you qualification to the under 20 World Cup which this year is in is it Egypt? no Egypt was last time wasn't it? Uh, somewhere else somewhere. South um, Korea I think South uh, Korea. yeah that's right yes. um, so it was the draw with Brazil, which, as you say, very late equaliser from Lautaro Martinez, who who therefore kept Argentina alive. But even then, it wasn't really expected because Argentina had to either thrash Venezuela, yeah. and then um, no, thrash Venezuela and, uh, would uh, have been alright. Yeah, thrashing Venezuela would have would have got them through on yeah. its own. And if they didn't thr- if if it was something like if it was a draw, or if they lot if they beat Venezuela by four or fewer, they had to beat Venezuela by five to for it yeah. to be in the right hands, didn't they? If it was a draw Or if they beat Venezuela By four or fewer Something like that then no, I think a draw
1: Would have left them Eliminated you
0: no, to, to win yeah. and, and Brazil not to win Yes And yeah. then Brazil had, a, a rather good Brazil team Had to uh, Fail to beat An already eliminated And disinterested mm-hmm. Colombia side uh, A couple of hours after And what actually happened?
1: They did They drew 0-0 With the entire um, Argentina team In uh, in the stands Which having, I thought was
0: Having beaten Venezuela Was it 1-0? Uh, Two 0 or something. Two 0 yeah. With can two the guys, guys from
1: La Daro, yeah.
2: well, With the with players and the and the coach uh, will, uh, in the uh, watching the match there in the in the stadium. Yeah, that was pretty undignified, I must say. Yeah.
1: Like cheering on another team's failure, like in the stadium, is pretty you know, it's pretty light. But you know, what can you do? It was problems. a a pretty dreadful campaign from Argentina because of everything we talk about. Uh, on an organisational level, the under twenties, you know, get together with very little time. Uh, the guy in charge, Uba, um, was given the job basically because he's uh, Marin's mate,
0: um, and hadn't uh, applied for the job, and, and hadn't yet. applied for the job. Forty odd people applied yeah. for the job. A- AFA had an open applications. They put a thing up on their website saying, if you're interested in this job, send us a CV, send us an action plan. And we'll consider everybody. Yeah. Uh, and then they, uh, they exactly almost funny. the only person in Argentina who hadn't actually applied for yeah. the job. Um, Claudio Almeida, and they said, "Yep, yeah, right, he's the new under twenty boss." So
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, I think we've touched on this before. That uh, youth football in Argentina is in a right state. There's no, there's no money. There's no organisation. Uh, very difficult to get any sort of project together, and they qualified that's that's about as much as you can hope for now you've just got to hope for a decent result in uh, the under 20 world cup uh, luckily after the game uh, Luis Juez this guy was, was there again in his role as football f- ambassador at uh, <laughs> Ecuador and he came on TV afterwards uh, said he'd given a team talk in the dressing room before the game He come and he comes in no I just told the lads to give it all now we're going to go and drink some fernet <laughs> Spoken like a imagine that in a cordobase accent and yeah. mm and you'll be alright I don't know if Andres wants to wants to give a Correves accent but yes.
0: okay. no I don't <laughs> Um, going back right. to Atletico Tucumán uh, The third qualifying round for the Libertadores Was against Junior of Colombia um, Who hand upon nerds would be Might be interested to hear Or might very well already know Were Teo Gutiérrez's first mm. club also, Almost his
1: next club But they decided that they didn't really want <laughs> it.
0: Yes indeed Possibly quite sensibly um, And in Colombia That finished 1-0 to Junior mm-hmm. um, And Atletico Tucumán Turned it round magnificently In the second leg in Tucumán They won 3-1 with Junior's um, goal in that second leg coming very late on and setting up um, a very interesting last five minutes of the game mm. because I made the goal were 3-0 up after about 35, 40 yeah, minutes really, really. Um, after a magnificent first half. Got a bit confident in the second half, didn't bother pressing it too much. And then of course Junior got one back and if they'd got another one very late on would have gone through on mm. away goals and Lucchetti had to put off a brilliant save in the 89th minute from I can't remember who. Um, to keep Atlético ahead, that does mean though that we've got six teams in the yeah. Copa Libertadores group stage. Atlético Tucumán in their first ever continental campaign are going well. How many I teams think. from the interior have played the group stage of their Libertadores? Uh, Newells and Central both have. Godoy Cruz did a couple of years ago, yes. if I remember rightly. Uh, who uh, else? Sheenis, have they got? did They get through to the groups. I can't remember. When would that have been? 2003, something like that. Yeah, yeah they're, they're in, in that list. Yeah, Andres, yeah, yeah. mm. can you think of any? No, but you're not playing for Col- so Col- the Col- Americans. must have done. Sure, ah, at some point in the yes. 60s Kay. or something. Um, but yeah, not very many. Not very. many.
1: Definitely the first from Tucumán, Yeah, or from the North. Absolutely,
0: indeed. Um, so the, the groups. Since I told you, I would read them all out for you. Are as follows: Group Ooh. one is Atlético Nacional, the defending champions from Colombia, Estudiantes de la Plata from right here in Argentina, uh, Barcelona of Ecuador and Botafogo of Brazil, Group 2, Santos of Brazil, Santa Fe of uh, Colombia, Sporting Cristal of Mm -hmm. Peru and the strongest, the Bolivian side who Dan picks out as one of his two outstanding clubs from the qualifiers. Group three are uh, River Plate from right here in Buenos Aires, Emelec of Ecuador, Independiente Medellin of Colombia and Melgar of Peru. Group four, San Lorenzo of Argentina, Universidad Católica of Chile and two Brazilian clubs, Flamengo and Atlético Paranaense, so they've mm. through the qualifiers. historic,
2: sorry to interrupt you, the historic thing of San Lorenzo since uh, one a couple of years ago that they have different uh, very difficult groups yeah. stages
1: speaking of Atlético Paranaense for a second there was an uh, interesting anecdote of them from last weekend or the previous one I don't know if you picked up on it oh this thing about
0: the, was the this what you tweeted television rights yeah on YouTube and it got yeah they
1: basically as a protest against uh, Globo who and the Brazilian TV monopoly that mm-hmm. have you know, rights for pretty much everything and for the Paranaense yes, the Paranaense State Championship yes. they didn't want to give them basically any money they think they were getting 400 times less than the Rio Championship so they protested and the uh, derby between Paranaense and Corichiba, um was going to be streamed solely on YouTube so they go for it and then it looks like in the end Globo leaned on on the organisers and it got called off uh, a few minutes before kickoff,
0: with all the fans in the stadium and with the mm. teams out on the pitch. Yep. Yeah, yeah.
1: And I think, nevertheless, it was like a positive experience. And they had like you know, a record of users. I think something like twenty thousand people uh, tuned into the stream at one point, or or even more, forty thousand. Like, mm. but well, just so people know, this doesn't just happen in Argentina. Like, <laughs> the issue with TV monopolies and the rights is is pretty big.
2: That's yeah. something An- Angelisi menaced when there, is, there was no way out and there were no offers mm-hmm. uh, in order to buy the rights and that. He said, well, I can sell by myself Boca uh, uh, rights and even stream them on, on yeah. YouTube or... or, or
1: yeah, it's true. He's got a point.
0: Yeah. Indeed. Um, the second half of the group draw then, because that anecdote very neatly divided the two halves after uh, the first four groups. So the second four groups are group five. Uruguayan Giants and six times winners, I think it is. Peñarol mm. or five times winners. Um, Palmeiras of Brazil, Jorge Wilsterman, which is a club not a person in Bolivia. And Atlético Tucuman, of course, from Argentina. Group six is Brazilian club, Atlético Mineiro, the twenty the twenty twelve winners, was it?
1: Twenty so, right, since I've been living here so twenty thirteen. 2013. When they beat Newells in um in the semis and Olympia of Paraguay in the
0: final, led by Juan Alinho. Well, they, yes. they're going to be playing a Paraguayan side in this one as well because they have Libertad also in their Libertad. group, as well as um, Argentina's very own uh, Godoy Cruz and Bolivian club Sport Boys. Sport boys. Group seven: Uruguayan <laughs> giants Nacional, Copa Sudamericana. Champions um, in tragic circumstances of course the Brazilian club Chapicoense uh, who qualified for this Libertadores as a result of being awarded that Sudamericano with the final not played at the end of last year uh, Argentine reigning Argentine champions Lanús um, and Ecuador's uh, sorry <laughs> getting my flags mixed up Venezuela um, Venezuelan club Sulia and group 8 is Brazilian uh, side Grêmio Paraguayan side, Guaraní, Venezuela, Zamora, and Chile side, Deportes, Iquique. Iquique, no.
1: Colo-Colo, no no, Universidad de Chile.
0: No. Colo-Colo was eliminated
2: by, by, I don't remember whom, but uh, they lost in the preliminary.
0: Ah, gotcha. Have a look. Uh, We scroll back up. Ah, Uh, Colo-Colo were knocked out by Botafogo. Botafogo. 3-2 on aggregate.
1: Well we've got about 8 Bra- Brazilian teams in it this year
0: <laughs> We have I think 7 teams uh, mm. Straight into the group stage was one, two, three, four, 2, uh, 2 more who got through oh, the um, Oh no sorry yes plus 2 more who got through the qualifiers so yeah 8 in total 8 uh, and I think 7 uh, 6 sorry from Argentina yeah Obviously so, that's helped by... Um, uh, say so if you've got another 8 Chafiqa in the, yeah. say qualified by. So the almost half
2: of the teams are from Argentina or Brazil, because mm-hmm. they're mm-hmm. 32.
1: Um, yeah. So I'm it guessing is. last year in Brazil, if you didn't get relegated, you got into a continental competition, basically. Because they've got to have another Presumably 8 or so, so in yeah. the Sudamericana.
0: Mm. Presumably. And of course the third place teams from each of these groups will go into the um, next stage, after the one that's just for some reason already begun, of the Copa Sudamericana. <laughs> Um, a decision which I think makes rather more sense in the South American um, context than it does in Europe, personally, mm. because you've got far fewer teams, to, uh, countries to choose from, so you end up going further down the leagues to fill out the Libertadores spots, and that means that a lot of the Sudamericana sides are, are weaker, so I think it it should strengthen the latter stage of the Sudamericana more than, than doing the equivalent in Europe is doing for the Europa League. Yeah, I'll go along with it. In my opinion. Yeah. We'll see what actually ends up happening. Of course, I mean the, the the proof of the pudding is in the eating, is the saying, guys. Um, let's move on to the listeners' questions because we have had quite a few. It's almost as if you've had a couple of months to think of these. But mm, they um, better be good then if they're better. Huh? They have better be good indeed. Yes. Uh, Tom Robinson has tweeted us something which I've already re- retweeted, which is a GIF of uh, Donald Trump holding up a La Victor Valdrey old boys sign. So thank you very much for that, Tom. Best um, question so far. Definitely. I'm quite flattered. Um, Darren Paul tweeted this one before English Dan had confirmed his participation, so I'm relieved that Dan is here to answer mm. it for him. Surprise, surprise, it's about Racing. Okay. Um, Darren is nothing if not predictable. Thank you very much, Darren. Um, and he says, welcome back, lads. How big is Leach's injury for Racing's run at the Copa Sudamericana?
1: Not really, because he's only going to miss tonight's game. Indeed, he's only I mean. up for two months, so yeah,
0: yeah. he'll be back. Loads of time before the return leg. He should
1: be back for the second leg, Darren. Don't don't for it. Uh,
0: Liam Kelly, who is no relation to me, says, Welcome back, glad to have you back in my ear holes again oh that's not a question, he just says it's been far too long. Thank you, you much, should read me. it
1: out anyway I think people should know we get compliments at times
0: indeed he's then put a hashtag which uh, has a rude word about the alpha which is, I can't read out on a family friendly podcast right. and Luis Bessone says I've missed you cats and your redoubtable pod good luck this temporada thank you very much Luis that, that's all of it so we only yeah. have one question one question is about Russ. that shows you how much attention I paid before we start recording oh mm-hmm. hang on no, right. we had a couple before from a couple of weeks ago on ah. Earth, So, JB Boxing <laughs> Promotions um one of our resident Boca fans Says Can you break down The Boca goalkeeping situation Why was Werner Not given a shot With the injury To, to Sarah?" Which confused me Because I thought he was
1: but Well he did play He played pre-season I know he played in The uh, Superclassico The uh, yeah. Superamitoso If you like
0: But he also played In the Super Classico In the league Towards yeah. the end of last year Because that was The two youngest uh, Goalkeepers In Super Classico yes, history. Yes Werner Badasha. and
1: Batalla. Um, as far as I know he's going to be at least he was going to start as number one now with this this blooper against Aldo C maybe uh, GBS will be will be tempted to give it uh, the other guy is Rossi yeah Rossi yeah Agustin Agustin, Rossi is it Agustin Rossi Uh, but I I would imagine is going to be first choice going into the season Uh, Rossi just backs him up a bit so
0: indeed um, other things to mention I'm just going down our Twitter mentions really now and, and seeing what we've got because we haven't had any more questions uh, one thing is that uh, if you check our um, retweets from not that long ago really because we don't tend to tweet very much in between episodes um, you will find a link we know that a lot of you are fans of the Hand Pod theme tune and their composer along with his um Jazz band was on radio 3, uh, BBC Radio 3, uh, mm. t- ooh, towards the end of January, so about five weeks ago now. Uh, you'll find a link to, to that, which you can stream wow. from anywhere in the world without a VPN if you want to listen to that. They, yeah. s- I think they start about uh, 50 minutes in or so. Um, what else do we have here in our mentions? Let's have a look. There was something else. Another I an- I a- good news I, oh. I, I retweeted is that oh. uh, the Dao uh-huh. Hanopod is available on. Indeed. That was the other thing I was about to mention. If you check um, retweets as well, you will find a URL to subscribe to us on TuneIn. So you can now subscribe via iTunes, uh, Stitcher or TuneIn. Uh, We got the the, um, confirmation from TuneIn fairly recently, so Mm. that's another audio listening app for your cellular telephone or your tablet, whichever you prefer to use. or the internet as well. Uh, uh, you can go on their website, which is tuning.com and just search for and mm. Pod, and you'll find it there.
1: I also sell vinyls of the, um, the recordings done in the market here in, <laughs> in Badajoz and
0: They're pretty decent quality,
1: so That's I can find have. my stuff.
0: Yeah, do that. Uh, Dan, Dan has scrubbed a bunch of faults. Uh, oh God, what's her name? I was. I'm going to mention the the the. I haven't the one scrubbed who,
1: anyone. I don't know what you're in, you're infer- you implying.
0: The one who died in Entra Rios. Singer. Hey? in Rios? Yeah. Killed in a car know. crash. What was her name? tania Something like that? Now? It? No, no, no. Years ago. Ah, Shilda. Shilda, that's the oh. one. Yeah, Dan, Dan, Dan scrubbed the grooves out of a load of Schilder, um huh. LPs and, uh, <laughs> and put our episodes onto them with his um, uh, very old fashioned technology. Mm. That would have been much funnier if I'd remembered straight away. Yeah, it was a little bit also, stilted there. But. Also, if it had been at all funny. Um, I might be able we'll to edit anyway. it
1: a bit, you know, get rid of that awkward pause. And...
0: Indeed. I'm not going to bother with that. I, yeah. I try and keep the editing to a minimum on this podcast, yeah. as anybody who listens is already more than fully aware. Um, as we speak, it is currently in the coming up to 81 minutes into Deportivo and Swategi versus Oracan, and, and Suategui are still 3-0 up. So that's a great result for Venezuelan football, historically speaking. Um, if not it holds very,
1: not a very good result for Parque Patrician football
0: no of course not um, especially after Orocan reached the was it the Senis or the final a couple of years ago uh, the Libertadores, no nah. not the Sudamericana no, the, the Sudamericana final. this is the Levertores. I said the Sudamericana it's yeah. true yeah. Oh, no, yes. I'm so
1: confused keep up though. I've been away I've been on holiday for a week give me give me some time to benefit yeah they lost
2: against the benefits on fe on penalties yeah that's
0: right and uh, as we say Racing are playing uh, at Rio Negro Aguilas um, in just under an hour's time so if you stick around until after this ending uh, ending of podcast theme music I will give you the full time scores from both of those matches and then you have to try and remember them for three months before the reverse leg gets played I can almost guarantee that in three months' time we're going to be recording an episode during the second leg of this and I would have completely forgotten what the first leg result was um, as probably will, will both of you and anybody else who saw mm-hmm. it um, as I said earlier probably some of the players as well um, so we shall see no Mystic sound tonight or <sighs> should we do a Mystic thing bearing in mind that we don't know when the games are actually going to take place I think the first let's, let's do some predictions I think the first Mystic prediction has to be will the the season start this week I'm going to go for and again bearing in mind that I haven't yet had a chance to talk to anybody from Football East so I am on the phone with them and, and in negotiations to try and talk to them at some point tomorrow uh, I'm going to go for yes mm but I don't know the status of the bank transfer that was supposed to take place from the government earlier nor do any, either of you two so mm. Dan, what's your prediction?
1: I think it will I think the situation's untenable as it is right now without football at least the is going to start
2: the lower leagues perhaps not Andres? I, uh, I read a piece of news uh, before coming here uh, Leonardo Poncio saying that they will sp- uh, maintain the strike a decision that they won't. Uh, they will be uh, generous with the, the players from the minor leagues that uh, aren't uh, receiving. Well, no one is receiving their wages or ge- getting the paid the payments. But they w- they have money. The first division uh, players, especially River Boca and the big five, have money enough. But the the, the, the uh, smaller ones that they they don't have. Money to pay the rent, and and they are really, really difficult situation. So they will be generous with them, and if the money doesn't appear by, I don't know, to to, today, today is impossible because it banks are already closed. Tomorrow, I I think they will maintain this this decision. So I I think I think that even there shouldn't be football because they won't have time enough in, in order to prepare all the stuff and to travel and. They have the tickets yeah. if
0: they... If That's the thing, a lot, a lot of the Primera clubs, So yes. it, it's, it's worth clarifying that, uh, especially as, as both Dan and Andres have mentioned, the lower divisions, that the, the plan was always that the Primera is going to restart this weekend hmm. and that the lower divisions uh, will restart at the end of next week. Um, but a lot of the Primera clubs, Union for instance, who have to, to visit um, River this, this Sunday... Um, a bunch of uh, clubs from Buenos Aires who are going into various bits of the interior have already reserved their flights they 've already reserved hotels uh, for this coming weekend so they 're going to be trying to push to to make sure that those matches go ahead, potentially, possibly even if it 's with reserves or, or youth team players uh, we'll have to see how it works out mm-hmm. But yes, on that note let 's go for some mystical predictions um, for the weekend that hopefully is coming. These are, I'm going to come up with these off the top of my head since I've forgotten to ask anybody else for them. Uh, Remember, Independiente Sam's. against
1: Tacheres will not be taking place this week. No, that's on what,
0: the 23rd because of... there was That the shitty
1: state of the Estadio Mario Kempis pitch. That's the one.
0: Because <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's in corner, uh, Yes, than, Yes. Um, so these are Mystic Sam's predictions for the 14 matches that we hope, hope fingers crossed, are going to be played this weekend. Okay, here we go. We've got uh, Rosario Central. Actually, I've just realised I was talking. After I predict, uh, read all of these out, I'm going to go through and just refresh your memories as to what's what in the title race, because I myself have forgotten. Um, and I've also not been paying any attention to the transfer window. But we'll see how this goes. Rosario Central versus Godoy Cruz is kicking off the weekend. That's a fairly tasty fixture, actually. I'm going to go for a Central win. San Lorenzo. For some reason they're playing on a Friday evening at twenty past nine at night against Belgrano de Córdoba. Um, that's particularly interesting because San Lorenzo's fans have asked several times that they shouldn't have to play home games at night because of the fact that their stadium's in a horrible neighbourhood. Um, but they are doing anyway. That's going to be finishing at 11 o'clock at night. So I'm glad I'm going to that one. Uh, I'm going to go for... I'm going to go for a draw in that one. Tempele versus Tigre on Saturday afternoon. We're going to call that a draw as well. Benes Sarsfield versus Estudiantes de la Plata at 7 pm on Saturday evening is an Estudiantes win. All over, assuming that Benes haven't suddenly become anything other than shite <laughs> over the course of the summer. Aldo Civi versus Atletico de Rafaela looks like a draw to me. Racing versus Lanús. Okay. That's a hell of a fixture. I'm going, I'm sorry, Dan. I'm going to go for Lanús to nick it. <laughs> Atletico Tucumán versus Sarmiento, I think, is an Atletico Tucumán victory on Saturday night uh, on Sunday Colón versus Olimpo for some reason this website says that's gonna be kicking off at midnight on Sunday um, <laughs> I'm assuming it's not uh, Colón versus Olimpo I think is a Colón victory Defensa Justicia versus Newell's Old Boys is a Newell's win probably a narrow one mm-hmm. Kinasia versus Quilmes I'm gonna go for a draw and Riber versus Union now, River have had some finishing problems over the summer. Fairly good performances, but unable to hit a cow's ass with a banjo up front. All the same. I'm going to go for them to beat Union in the Monumental. Banfield versus Boca Juniors, I think, will be a Boca win. Patronato versus Arsenal de Sarandí is the match that you should definitely make sure that you don't watch this mm. coming weekend. It's a good time weekend. to organise
1: your sock drawer to... Um... Yeah. To catch up on your correspondence, no. go for old bills, tax returns, that kind of thing
0: Not actually the weekend, it's being played on Monday evening But I'm going to go Remember for that? a draw San Martín de San Juan versus Um I would have said maybe a draw And that was before I watched Huracan in this match that we're watching right now in Which there's, just as I was saying, that been an absolutely hilarious miss from six yards out um, Is that the Cameroonian guy? <laughs> Or, or kind of have uh, recently promoted a Cameroonian trialist to their first team incidentally um, so Okiki Ofolabi who was the, oh, uh, the Nigerian yes. yeah. Okiki Ofilabi, Ofolabi who was the Nigerian guy who was with Tasheris during the first half of the season has moved to um, somewhere else I can't remember, out, out of the country mm-hmm. and uh, this guy is making sure that there's an African presence still in the Primera and he has just missed, if it is him, an absolute sitter um, I'm going to go for a San Martin win uh, on I that note, just a
1: little bit of trivia do you know that Deportivo Muniz the last place team in the Primera D mm-hmm. Metropolitana so the worst team in the whole of Buenos Aires have three Cameroonian players really yeah I'm not sure how but they have three Cameroonian players in their books
0: oh well it's fascinating it, it, it's going to be interesting to watch that gonna kind of think we, we've reached the end by the way because the, the remaining match was Tacheras versus Independiente which um, as Dan says is, is not going to be played just yet uh, it's going to be interesting to see, I think we're going to see more um, players from from West Africa particularly coming through in the next few years, because obviously there's been a, not absolutely massive, Not it's not like there have been waves of immigrants coming in, in Daily Mail speak, um, but there has been a very notable um, influx of, of West African immigrants and refugees uh, into Argentina, sort of. I guess more or less in the time that we've been living here, Dan, you and I, in the last sort of seven, seven and a half yeah, years. Yeah, seven, eight years. Um, yeah. And, and the, the, the black population in Buenos Aires, which was mm-hmm. never very big, has noticeably grown in that time. Yeah. Still tiny, but there are far more um, people from that part of the world than, they, than there were. So it's going to be interesting to see... I suspect that in the next few years we're going to have increasing numbers of you know trialists. Yeah, you think a couple ways, of lawyers making uh, their combat. way into the in, into the first teams at yeah. various clubs. Um, do
1: you remember there was that one guy who was at Boca, but he never broke through. Yeah, I can't remember his name.
0: But the the, the kid recently said he wanted to be the first um, black player in, in for the Argentine national team. whose yeah. name I can't remember. I do know who you're talking about. Yeah. Um, yeah, Ooh. refugee from Niger or somewhere I think he was I think it was Cameroon as well he yeah. came
1: in in like a shipping container yeah. or something like that and then got, got into the Boca Cuarta like the reserve I, team but he didn't make it I
0: think he'd only be about 19 or so now so we might see yeah? him yeah I think he was like oh. 17 or something when I read the interview with him so we Possibly. might well see him still break through somewhere else um, his hoping. indeed I will remind you of the standings because this is the all-important thing and you've forgotten about them i i hope that you've forgotten about them because i have so if, mm-hmm. if you dear listeners haven't then that speaks very badly of me as the expert but then six and a bit years of hand of pod um speak very badly of me as an expert as well so there we go top of the league three points clear of second place with 31 points from 14 matches so far are boca juniors in second place, uh, on 28 and a goal difference of plus 10 are Newell's old boys. Just one behind them goal difference-wise, also on 28 points. In third are San Lorenzo.
1: So San Lorenzo can draw a level on Friday. They before can Before the book again.
0: Yep. Um, Estudiantes and Banfield are fourth and fifth, both with 27 points. Lanús, the champions, are uh, sixth with 26 points. Um, and then there's a bit of a drop-off. Four points down. You've got three clubs all on 22 points. Those are Riber, Union and Independiente. So that's your title run. Uh, since Dan's here, we would also mention that Racing a 10th with 21 points. Yeah, they're only one point back. You can jump Indeed. them in. Um, but yeah, I think really the, the title races, I now now that I've read those out again, remember saying in the last episode of last year, realistically the title race is probably between those top six. So down to Lanús uh, on 26 points. But... There's still half the season to go, so you never know. And the relegation battle, where we remind you that uh, four teams are going down at the end of this year Atletico de Rafaela and Tempele both have fewer than one point a game. Sarmiento and Olimpo are the other two clubs in the relegation zone. And then dangling, just above it, are Huracan, Arsenal, Quilmes, and Venice Samsfield. The gap to Albosivi and Colon and Defensa Justicia is existent, it is significant, but it's, they're not out of the woods just yet. Oh, I wouldn't think so. Basically, anybody in that sort of bottom 10 of the relegation table uh, could very well still go down, possibly even one or two others if they start losing matches. There we go. Looking forward to football being back this weekend, Jones? Oh, it's
1: about time, yeah. This must have been endless. I've really enjoyed
0: football. the weekends being able to, you know, do stuff with my girlfriend and whatnot, but I've got to say it's gonna be very nice when I'm able to do some work and earn some money again. It's I'm gonna be nice
1: It's gonna be nice being able to do my newspaper column and not change it every single fucking day because something new happens in, in the alpha. That's mm-hmm. what I'm most looking forward to. Because yeah. basically, you know, when you play football the result's a result. Uh, it's pretty concrete. But Absolutely. following all this malarkey is pretty tiring.
2: And rest. Yes, I will uh, feel strange because uh, to today is, football is not coming back or at least players are decided not to come back anyway when even though when the, the clubs have already their tickets and they are uh, booking in their hotels and that uh, but I will, I will feel strange because I have my chip in my head that uh, football won't be played but uh, I, I hope it, it comes back but with the teams in a different uh, situation, not in the
0: situation they are now. Uh, I have just checked before we finish, and Alejandro Casar, who is a well worth following source, he is the editor of the sports section of La Nacion, uh, which I think increasingly, particularly in the last year or so has has become really the best sports section in Argentina, um, says, uh, he tweeted this 18 minutes ago, uh, that tomorrow there is going to be, (laughs) What in Spanish is very elegantly phrased as an obligatory conciliation Mm. um, in the strike that's been called by Gremiados. He says it seems as if, um, thanks to this, there is going to be football this weekend. Yeah, that means. This
1: basically means. um, Praise the
0: Lord. Basically means that the the players are going to play, even though they've not been paid for three months. Yeah, it means you can't
1: call a strike. Uh, Basically, uh, postpone the. Uh, the this complaint way. of the trade union for a week or two weeks um, to give time to you know prepare negotiations and stuff and then once that window finishes, uh, then the union can call a strike. Yep. So with uh, this kind of recess, uh, it looks like it will go on.
0: Indeed. Um, but just to be completely clear, those 350 million pesos that we mentioned towards the top of the show, still... Have not been paid. It is now 9 p.m. 9 p.m. on the day that the government said that the payment was going to be made, and they have not been paid.
1: All I want to see is a Fox Sports countdown tomorrow, um, (laughs) starting at 2 p.m. You know, uh, tracking tracking, one hour to go. Yeah, tracking. Will the money go into the account? Will the money go into the account? Tracking a secure
0: van as it pegs it down salary End between officers. Please, that's Uh, all I ask, and then I'll I'll be happy. Indeed for now ladies and gents it's been a pleasure to return to your ears uh, in this new year at last a month later than we were expecting to but still better late than never as uh, apparently nobody at the AFA ever said um, and it's thank you very much we'll hopefully be back next week assuming there is some football to talk about this weekend um, and goodbye from English Dan, goodbye from Andres, goodbye and from me, goodbye Final score time in the Copa Sudamericana um, and Swattingy got that 3-0 win that they were closing out against Huracán when we ended the episode and after that Racing got a 1-0 victory over Rio Negro Aguilas or whatever they're supposed to be called this week.